Hey everybody, this is Bishop Brian Gallardo and you're listening to the LifeGate Church Podcast where we lift the name of Jesus and empower every listener. For more information, please go to lifegatekc.org or briangallardo.com. Well, 2024 is the year of the door. I came in and laid out that vision at the beginning of the year, and I want to talk about the greatest door that you can ever walk through, and that's the door of relationships. The currency of the kingdom is not money, it's relationships. You get promoted through a relationship. You get a favor through relationship. You get demoted through a relationship. Come on. When God wants to bless you, he'll send a person, and when the devil wants to curse you, he'll send a don't, t- don't, don't look at your neighbor, praise the Lord. Um, the doors of relationships are very important. This is the month of February where we talk about love, where we talk about Valentine's Day and all the single people looking for love in all the wrong places and, and everybody wants to fall in love and we, wanna, we all want a dozen roses, some chocolates and a teddy bear. All the single people said amen. Just pay attention to who said amen and get their number after church. Praise God. Uh, It is the month we focus on loving relationships, falling in love, finding that significant other. Uh, But there's a relationship that's way deeper than a significant other. There's a relationship that's deeper than a spouse, deeper than a boyfriend, deeper than a girlfriend. There is a relationship that is going to take you further than swiping left or swiping right. Amen, church. That relationship I'm talking about today is a relationship with Yahweh. That relationship I'm talking about is that relationship with Jesus. Here's what I know about church folk in America. I've been I've been around the world and I yeah yeah yeah. I've been all over the world. I feel like you know, I, I've been all over the world in the last couple of weeks and I'm tired of being. I'm glad God called me right here to America. <laughs> And one of the things I know about American church is some of y'all are so churchy, but you never changed. You come to church to talk about a God you don't have relationship with. And the greatest relationship you can ever come in contact with is not becoming a Swifty. It's not with, with, with the Kansas City Chiefs player. It's not with the President of the United States of America. The greatest relationship you could ever come in contact with at any point in your life is your relationship with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If I have built a church of people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, I have failed as a man of God and as a pastor. But my main mission as a man of God and as a pastor and as a bishop in the Lord's church is to get people to fall back in love with Jesus, to get a relationship with God. Let the church say amen. Amen. So the concept I want to talk to you about this morning is the fear of the Lord because this is a doorway of connection. This is a doorway of relationship. I walk in the favor of the Lord. Uh, uh, Brother Jordan, he talked about that just for a moment today. It's crazy. I don't understand it. I, I, well, I do understand it, but, but it's, it's crazy to explain how it happens. I go places and people put me in the nice seats. I don't ask for that. I, 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 we, we, was, we, was, we was shopping at, at, in, in Dubai. And the guy said, I said, hey, man, I said, do you have any ties here? He laid like 30 ties on the counter. He goes, just take three for free. Am I telling the truth, Eli? He just takes, th- I said, for free? He goes, yeah, just, yeah, just like you. Just take three for free. That kind of stuff happens to me all the time. Jordan was laughing. He's like, man, what, how do you do that? I was like, that's the favor of the Lord. It's, isn't, you know, you know, you know, nothing can stop the favor of the Lord. It's incredible. I don't understand it. It don't make no, I get promoted. I get put at the top. I get moved to the front. It happens all the time, all the time. God has been good to me. And they say that favor ain't fair unless you got it. You know, if you got it, then it is fair. Praise the Lord. But some people, but I want you to understand the favor of the Lord and relationship with him by the end of this message. Proverbs chapter one, let me just break this down for you. We, we, I, I gathered some men and we, we were, we were kind of, we read the book of Proverbs for the month of, of, of January, didn't we, uh, Benjamin? And so every, every day we would text each other what God was speaking to us out of the book of that certain chapter in the book of Proverbs. And so, man, I've got a notebook full of revelation that God gave me out of, out of reading the book of Proverbs. And so that's where this message today has come from. Proverbs chapter number one, verse three through four, it really gives us the meaning of the entire book of Proverbs. So let me lay some foundation before I get the, to the fear of the Lord. Is that okay? Well, if it's not, I don't know what to tell you. The Chiefs play at, what time do the Chiefs play? At what time? 5.30. Okay. So I got till like 5 o'clock to be done. Praise God. So... 
Proverbs chapter 1, verse 3 through 4 gives us the meaning of the entire book of Proverbs. And it's, it's through these Proverbs that you will, he gives four things in those short verses. He says, you're going to receive instruction, receiving instruction, receive instruction about what? We just read it about discipline. Oh, I knew that'd get a lot of shouts in the room. Praise God about discipline. This book is about receiving instruction about discipline, how to live a moral life. Uh, to how to do what's right, how, how to do what's just and what's fair. So it's instruction on those things. Then he says, um, the book of Proverbs is about making the simple-minded clever. Now, I'm a simple-minded guy. I really am. I see things very simple, but the Lord just helps me to put a clever spin on it. That's not my doing. That's the Lord's doing. Then he said here, this book of Proverbs, the third thing it's going to do is it will make young people get knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be dumb. Get some knowledge. Then the fourth thing this book is going to do is this book will give young people their purpose. Now, I, go, I hear people in church all the time. They're, they're full of anxiety. They're depressed. They don't know who they, they know. I don't know who I am. I don't, I don't know who I am. It's probably because you're not digging through the book. Because in this book, he just says it right here. You want to know what your purpose is? Open up a Bible and start reading it. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. I know it. So, so just say Amen. <laughs> Then verse four, 5 and 7 of chapter 1 says this. If you listen to these instructions, those four things I just gave you, you'll become wiser and have understanding for guidance in your life. However, the most important thing, he says he's saying all these things, says, but the most important thing of the entire book that he's trying to tell you is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all of it. A person who walks in the fear of the Lord gains wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. A person who does not walk in the fear of the Lord will be undisciplined in all areas and will become a despised fool. Fear of the Lord. Look at your neighbors say, fear of the Lord. Well, what is this terminology to fear the Lord mean? Because the New Testament tells us that perfect love casts out fear. That fear is talking about being afraid. Now, you and I aren't to be afraid of the Lord. How silly would it be for Olivia to walk into the bedroom where I am with trembling, shaking, with her knees having a fellowship meeting, and her mouth begins to stutter, Father, 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 may, may, may I please, please have a, a sandwich. I'm afraid of you. She doesn't approach me that way, but if she gets in trouble and she does something wrong, right there's an urgency within her heart to make it right urgency say the fear of the lord this word fear in the hebrew that's that solomon was trying to teach us is the word yara it's the word yara and listen to the definition of this word fear to have deep reverence and respect for the lord to the point it affects how you live it's not sunday morning christianity it's Monday. It's Tuesday. You ain't having sex on Wednesday, coming up in church on Sunday, acting like you love God. It's, it's how we live our life. It's what we're convicted about. We, we live in a generation where only 4% of the American church who go to church Sunday morning and read their Bible. 4% of you read your Bible this week. So we have no moral standard because we have no fear of God. We don't morally honor him. We, we don't respect him from the deepest part of our soul. Therefore, we live how we want and we don't feel bad about it. The greatest connection you can ever have is your relationship with the Lord. And the church said amen. amen. The fear of the Lord is a profound respect for God. A reverence for God in all things he declares holy. The fear of the Lord is to assign Yahweh the most high place of honor in your life above Kansas City Chiefs. See, some of y'all shout at the Chiefs, but you say nothing in church. You honor the Chiefs more than you do God. You, you do. Y'all got quiet. I know. I, I hear you. Maybe, maybe it's Stephon Curry. I don't know. Whichever you like to, whoever you honor the most. 
you will shout in some circumstances, but you won't in God's house. You honor those circumstances more than you do God. You're more passionate about the car you drive than the Yahweh you serve. You're more passionate about saving your money for that down payment on that house than you are to support you can free us. You're more passionate about other things. You have idolatry in your life and no fear of God. Here's what it means. To deeply tremble. Here's the fear of the Lord. This is from, from a Bible dictionary. To deeply tremble in awe at the privilege to be in the presence of the Lord. It is not this. It's to worship God with passion. Listen to this one. To honor what God honors and to hate what God hates. I honor marriage between a man and a woman only. I honor life from the womb conception to the tomb, the graveyard. I hate slander and gossip. God hates it. I hate a haughty look. God hates it. I hate hands that shed innocent blood. God hates it. I hate divisiveness and malicious talk about people we say we love. God hates it. I hate racism and prejudice because God hates it. To fear the Lord is to have the Lord's heart about what God loves and hates. The definition that this to have the disposition that produces dread at the thought of offending God. If that's not your heart, you don't fear the Lord. And according to Proverbs, you're a fool. It got quiet all of a sudden. It's the difference between condemnation and a real conviction. This fear of God makes it impossible for you to sin casually. If you fear God, you can't just flippantly sin and walk away with no feeling about it. Well, I'm under grace. Praise God. Proverbs 16, 16 says this. To fear the Lord is to avoid evil. If you don't avoid evil, you don't fear God. And if you don't fear the Lord, I'm worried about your salvation with him. The fear of the Lord is submitting our will to God's will and embracing it. The fear of the Lord is a manifestation of God working in our life. Let's read some scripture. Luke chapter 12, verse 4 through 5 says this. I tell you, now this is Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you who you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has the authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear that one. First Peter put it this way in chapter 2, verse 17. Show proper respect to everybody. You know what everybody, who everybody is? Everybody. Even people you don't like. Y'all know you don't like some people. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't say nothing to your neighbor. Just keep looking for it. Show the proper respect to everybody. To the gay community. You better show the proper respect. Hello, church. To the confused community. (laughs) Huh? To the community who don't have the same color of skin you got. Y'all are confused today, I see. I was out of the pulpit too long, praise the Lord. Respect your in-laws. Everybody. Republicans. Democrats. President Biden. See, I lost all y'all, half of you right there. President Trump. I lost the other half right there. Show 
proper respect. You know how I walk in the fear of God and I walk in the favor of God? I respect people. Find me in a slum in India, I'll show them the same respect I show you. Put me in front of a Muslim, they're getting the same respect I show you. From President of the United States to the Prime Minister of, of Dominican Republic that I met, I show the same respect. I was in the Oval, I'm not the Oval, I was in the White House, shook the Vice President's hand, same respect to him as the man I met in the Dominican Republic. Why? Because I fear the Lord. Love the family of believers. We should just get that right. You know what loving the family of believers is? That means each other. Well, I don't like them, but I, I, I don't have to like them. No, you have to like them. You have to like them and love them. Look at your neighbor and say, I like you and love you. And you have to like and love me too. Well, I disagree with that. Well, I disagree with you. If you don't like them, it's because you got something in your own soul that needs to be changed. You need to deal with the arrogance in your heart if you don't like them. That's a cop-out. You don't even love them, actually. Well, I love them in the Lord. The Lord wants you to love them in you. You love the family of believers. And then Peter says, Fear God. See, fear the Lord. And I know this is a cuss word in our nation. Honor the emperor, the president. Not my president. Honor the president. Y'all are quiet because see, you're too, you're too indoctrinated with culture and not Bible. Honor the emperor. Don't be coming up in here talking about any president. In a, in a derogatory, demeaning, disrespectful way. We had one guy come to our church and he was wearing a, a, a pro-Republican hat, you know, and he got in my face and said, you know, he thinks that Obama was the Antichrist and that all Mexicans should be deported whether they're half or full. I said, you, do, you know, do you know my last name, buddy? I'm about to deport you about this church, what I'm about to do. Honor the emperor. These are the concepts of God. And if you fear God, this is how you live. Now, you cannot love God if you don't fear God. Don't, don't tell me you love God, but you stand during worship. You don't, you don't fear God. You don't love God. And you cannot fear whom you do not know. Deep respect. Deep honor. It's a conviction. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16 says this. So you must live as God's, you must live. Now, this does not say we're under grace, so do what you want. You can be greasy and slide on in. Just be greasy grace. You might get a D minus in this earth, brother, but you'll sure slide on into heaven. That's not what your Bible says. Well, I, I don't believe this kind of old-fashioned preaching. Some of y'all need old-fashioned preaching. And not, listen, religion and tradition, all the old stuff, ain't all of that bad. Some of that was good that we need to return back to. Dr. Lester Summerall used to say there's much to be gained by return to the discarded values of the past. I believe with all my heart some of the things they used in the old church, we need to go back and pick up and do again because they lived holy. They lived right. They had the victory. They knew how to pray. They had peace when they laid their head down on their pillow. So you must live, how? As God's obedient children. Do not slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now, everybody say now. now. Right now. Today. But now you must live holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, for the scripture says, be holy because I am holy. The word holy there means separated. Yeah. We, we, we can't be perfect. Well, well Bishop, you, you, we can't just change the culture. That's true. But you don't have to join it either. Wow. You, you shouldn't talk like the culture. You shouldn't act like the culture. 
We, we do not conform to the patterns of the culture, but we get transformed by the renewing of our mind. You're only going to get holy if you fear the Lord, get in the word, and be transformed into his image. Not Babylon's image, not the world's image. Don't bow to the golden image. Bow to but one. Let the church say amen. Second Corinthians 7 1 tells us how. Beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from what? All filthiness of the flesh. All filthiness. Who cleanses us? Does the Holy Ghost cleanse us? No, we, we eradicate it out of our life. We're supposed to get the filth out of our life. We're supposed to get the junk off of our off of our radio. We're supposed to get the filth off the television screen. We're supposed to get the filth out of our ears. We're supposed to get the filth out of our mouth. We're supposed to get the filth out of our hands. We're supposed to clean our life up. When I was a little kid, we used to sing songs at Bible church. It wasn't much of a Bible church. It was in the stinky old basement of an old theater called Pathway Like Cathedral. And it stunk like mold and mildew and the cinder blocks were painted that ugly blue. And we had one little light hanging down off an extension cord that you would pull and the light bulb would come on and off and the teacher had a flanograph. Now I don't know if you know what the flanograph thing was, but we had little images of Jesus that you'd stick on the flanograph and nine times out of 10 they'd fall off. And Jesus was Moses and Noah because we couldn't find the other pictures of who we were trying to teach a lesson to. But what we did have was some doctrine. What we did have was some teaching about Jesus, about living right, about being consecrated, about the fear of the Lord. Perfecting holiness. How? In the fear of God. In the fear of God. Philippians 2.12. Look what, look what Paul says. Work out your own salvation. Oh, the Holy Ghost does that. No, you're to do it. Work out your own salvation. How? With holy awe, fear, and trembling. You can't casually serve God. If you're casually serving God, you're not under his blessing. You're a carnal Christian is what Paul said. You, you, you gratify the works of the flesh. You're always petty. You're always offended. You're always moody. You wear your feelings on your shoulder. You should not think to receive anything from God. You're double-minded, the Bible says. You're tossed here. You're tossed there. You're unstable in all your ways. James said that kind of man should not think he should receive anything from God. You're, you don't have any integrity in your word. You say you'll be there at six. You never show up. You say you'll serve at the church. You never show up. You're wishy-washy. You got to work it out. Welcome home. Fear and trembling. Heavy honor. Heavy awe. Heavy honor. Heavy awe. Heavy honor. The fear of the Lord. Everything begins there. Hebrews 12 says this, Therefore, since we received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, praise the Lord, let us have grace, empowerment to do and be Christianity, by which we may serve God acceptably. Serve God acceptably. How? With reverence and godly fear. Are you serving God with fear? Is church your God or is Yahweh your God? Do you come here like a drug addict for your fix for the week? Are you serving God through the week? Do you approach God with honor? Are you flippantly casual with him? Oh, thanks, Lord, whatever. The fear of the Lord is honor and respect. It is not being afraid. The fear of God is conviction. The afraid of God is condemnation. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and they sinned, the Bible said they, 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 they realized they were naked and they ran, they hid from God. And God came looking for them, asking a rhetorical question. He knew where they were. He said, Adam and Eve, where are you? Where, where are you? Like, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Not position, but mental. Yeah. Where, where, are you th- where are your thoughts about me, Adam and Eve? Well, how are you thinking about me? How did, who told you you was naked? Yeah. They begin to understand sin conscious condemnation. God wanted them to see righteous conscience, which is conviction. 
Come on, somebody. I, I don't want to hurry through this, but I feel like I got to hurry because I see some of y'all, you know, some of y'all want to get to the pregame and have your beanie weenies in your wings. Why anybody would eat beanie weenies is beyond me. I'm just saying. Actually, after the food I eat in India, I'd eat some beanie weenies right now. Praise God. And some spam and some ramen noodles and government cheese. What? Hey, some of y'all don't know nothing about no government cheese. You throw that stuff in a pan, it will not melt. You can't cut it. It just sits there and looks at you. When I first started out in, in ministry, I was living on government cheese, vest, pop, and, and Mars candy bars, and ramen noodles. That's all I had to eat because it's all I could get from the food bank. And I tried, to, I tried to cook that government cheese every which way. It would not move. <laughs> Fry it, bake it, put it in a pan. It's going to stare at you. <laughs> ben, you don't know nothing about no government cheese. Thank the Lord. The most important part of this building is the foundation. If the foundation is faulty, the building will collapse. You can build a multi-million dollar home on a bad foundation, it's going to collapse. I would rather have a lean-to with an addition wrapped around with duct tape on a good foundation than a million dollar home on a poor foundation. And a lot of people come to church and they bling on the outside, but they have a faulty foundation. Huh? They shout good, but they don't have a foundation on the inside. They, they, they carry their King James Bible that weighs 12 pounds, and they, they dust it off every Sunday before church and window exit down to make sure it's all clean and ready so they can fool everybody. And they show up to church, and they have all the They have their taught tongue, their learned dance. They know when to shout. They know when to amen. But they're just blinging on the outside. But the foundation on the inside is faulty. But, honey, when all hell breaks loose, you will crumble. When the storms crumb, your foundation will crumble. When you go through life and you get the bad report, that type of faith will disappear a person from church. The fear of the Lord is the most important thing you could have as you serve the Lord. Isaiah 33 and verse 6 says this, the fear of the Lord is the key to his treasure. Let's all say that together. The fear of the Lord is the key to his treasure. Say it one more time. The fear of the Lord is the key to his treasure. Does anybody have a key? I need a set of keys or something. Let me see if you got a key. Let me see it. Miss Brittany, she got, she, got, she got a key. That's a key to the church. I like that key. Praise the Lord. It's, I think it belongs to Greg back there because it says Greg's lock on it. Do not duplicate. Okay. <laughs> this key gives you access to this building. Who does not have this key? Let me see by way of, way of the hands. Everybody look around. Unfortunately, in church, that's a lot of people that don't have keys to the treasure of God. See, you can have a bank account. I have a bank account, but you don't have the key to it. For you to try to access my bank account, that's called a crime. Punishable in prison. You got to have the approval and the access to what I have locked up. What do you got locked up? None of your business. To be able to get out of what I got. Well, Isaiah said that the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, that's the key to the treasure of God. That's Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6. Sorry, it's not on the screen. I got that last minute. And keys are what give us access to something. So the fear of the Lord is what gives us the access to the treasures that God has. Amen. Y'all ready to hear about this? Thank you, Miss Brittany. Give her a wonderful round of applause. She's incredible. Only those who fear the Lord gets the key. Okay, let's break it down this way. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. He wasn't talking to the church. He was talking to those who had keys. Unto you, I give you the keys. Not everybody can bind and loose. You, you can say it, but it won't work because you don't have the keys. You don't have the access to the things that are in heaven because you're so carnal. You don't really surrender to God. He's not on the throne of your heart. Your religion, you bling on the outside, but there's no depth to you on the inside. You're not going to have the keys to bind and loose. The only ones that have the keys of the kingdom, Peter, who do you say that I am? You are the son of the living God. You are the son of the most high God. You are Yahweh, King Jesus. So unto you, Peter, 
I give the keys to access. Peter feared the Lord. Peter got the keys. Come on in here, church. A lot of you who are in turmoil without peace, if you would begin to fear the Lord, you could experience the master of the peace. Three things we find in scripture that are tied to the fear of God. Three, three types of keys that open up the treasure. Three, three, three things that are in God's treasure. Number one is wisdom. I know a lot of Christians, somebody said to me, well, all gray-haired people, you know, the Bible said they're full of wisdom. I said, listen here. I've done met me several gray-haired people that was as foolish as they could come. Just because you got some gray hair don't mean you're wise. Come on in here. Broke, hanging out with fools, turkeys everywhere in your life. Talking about, I need them praying for me. Well, if you just get away from them turkeys, you wouldn't need no prayer. Leeches, turkeys, and snakes in the grass. You keep hanging out with them, guess what you're going to become? Leeches, turkeys, and snakes. But I got that gray hair. Well, you ain't accessing it, praise the Lord. Let me, let me move on because I see you. Some of y'all looking for gray hairs, amen. I got gray hair, you just can't see it, praise God. Well, I, get, I guess maybe you can Psalm 111 verse 10 and Proverbs 9, 10 say the same thing. It says, for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. To fear the Lord, to have high reverence to the point it affects how you live is the beginning of wisdom. Show me a churchgoer that doesn't fear the Lord and I will show you. I want to say it this way, so I'll say it this way. Show me a churchgoer that doesn't fear the Lord, I'll show you a fool. No wisdom. Jesus tells a story about 10 virgins. It's a parable. And he said, uh, you know, there were five who feared the Lord and filled their lamps with oil before they approached me and five that didn't fill their lamps with oil that he called fools. To not have oil in your lamp when you approach Jesus means you approach the Lord in a casual way. You don't have access to the wisdom of the Lord. Well, Bishop, what about all these wise people like Elon Musk? The man's wise. He is so rich. His money's rich. What about all these wise folks in Dubai? I met a lot of them this week. I wanted to stay there. That's my favorite city besides Kansas City. Wow, it's a cool city. How'd they get so wise with all this money? James tells us in chapter 3, and I would rather have the wisdom of God than the wisdom of this earth. James chapter 3 speaks of three types of wisdom. There's earthly wisdom, which is the wisdom of man. Every, every person, saved or not saved, has a measure of wisdom. There's sensual wisdom, James chapter 3, which is the wisdom of how you feel about something. You know, you can walk into a room and just kind of sense something, feel it like, I don't think that's right. I better change that, flip that. That don't mean that's the wisdom of God. That's already in you. You were born with it. Then there's what the Bible calls in James chapter 3, demonic wisdom, where demons can speak to people and give them wisdom on how to produce something. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Which means the wisdom of God is greater than any type of wisdom on this planet. Wisdom for what? Wisdom on who to marry. Wisdom on how to get married. Wisdom on how to spend your money. Wisdom on how not to spend your money. Wisdom on who you should help. You, some of y'all need to take notes right now. Wisdom on who you should tell no. Well, if you was a Christian, you'd help me no. Because you're a fool. Wisdom when to go, when to stay. Wisdom how to talk to your spouse. Ladies, that was free. You should say amen. Pass it again. Wisdom on holding your tongue, gentlemen. Does this make me look fat? I got to take a phone call. Wisdom. My wife and I, we have, this, we have this dialogue in our marriage. We're honest with each other. You know, am I, am I looking a little too 
thick for you, babe? I'll say that to her. She don't say that to me. She'll say, no, baby, you look good. Right now she's saying, you look skinny. I said, I know, right? It feels good. I feel good. My mom said to me, are you eating? I said, I was in India. No. So Olivia was in a conversation that she was privy to in our home. And my, my wife said to me, do you think I should lose a few pounds? I said, babe, I want you comfortable. I think you look, you look good to me. And Olivia said, you better say that, Dad. I said, well, I had the permission to tell your mom if I think she's getting chunky. She's like, you would say that? Oh, not my husband. Some of you ladies are so wound up, you ought to give your permission. And you're, never mind, don't do that. Because I don't want to counsel y'all. Don't just, ne- never mind, do not do as I do. Oh, Lord Jesus, maybe I just started World War 29. I don't know. In your house. <laughs> that wasn't wise. Sorry. When you fear the Lord, you get the wisdom, not of man, but of God. Number two, here's another piece of treasure in his treasury. Knowledge. Now, this, this right here is powerful. Proverbs 1 verse 7 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise it. Proverbs 2 5 says this. You will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God when you understand the fear of the Lord. When you have deep reverence for God, you will come into the knowledge of God. Now, I've been college-educated bishop. I got my doctorate degree 29 times. Still doesn't mean you have the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is supernatural. The knowledge of man is you can be educated for that sometimes. Look down here, praise the Lord. Okay. When you fear him, God literally opens up his mind to you. So so what, what Brother Jordan witnessed when he traveled with me, is I walk in crazy favor. I'm not saying that to boast whatsoever. And, and people get mad about it. They, why do you have all this stuff? And why are you so I don't, it's not my fault. Take it up with Jesus. It's, it's his fault because I walk in favor. So he's shown me his knowledge. And it's, some of it's really simple, like be kind to people. Hold the door open for others. We was, in, we was in, in Mumbai, and there was this little old lady. She, that door was so heavy, I opened up. She goes, thank you, sir. I was like, yes, ma'am, you're very welcome. And, and I'm kind to everybody. I don't, I don't care if it's the waitress. Even if my food is horrible, I'm like, I'll take this back. This is bad. I don't like it at all. I'm, I'm, I'm a bishop. And the Lord said, you'd be cooking me food better than this. <laughs> yeah, you just showed you're a real bishop in the Lord's church, you immature jerk. Be kind. Be loving. Don't sarcastically jab people. Make them feel stupid. Look at people in the eye. Make them feel like a million bucks. Make them feel like the most important person that's before you in that moment. Don't be looking over their shoulder for somebody better to walk in the room. Knowledge of God. That's not born behavior. That's learned behavior. And some people don't get promotions. They can speak in tongues, give big offerings, and tithe, but you don't get promotions because you're a jerk at your job. Some of y'all look at me like I done lost you. Oh my goodness, my front yard. Good. When you fear God, you don't get the bird's eye view, you get the God's eye view. I mean, he can show you in a situation what to do. I'm like, God, I need to know, I need to know what to do. Those who fear the Lord get to receive the knowledge of the Lord. And then number three, the third thing in the treasure, is this good about connecting to God? Trying to help you today in your walk with the Lord. I I hope this is helping somebody today. The third thing that's in the treasure chest of God. Now, now this is going to rub some of y'all the wrong way. I don't mean for it to. I I can't, I can't, you, it's in the, it's in the, they call it a treasure. The Bible said treasure. It doesn't say It it says treasure. Thank you for the wisdom, Lord. He said, don't say that. I'm not going to say that. Treasure of the Lord. Everybody say blessing. Blessing. There are blessings attached to God. 
And those who fear him get to partake in those blessings. Perfect example. Olivia is very respectful of her dad and mom. She calls me her papa. All the time. I call her my schmoopy loopy. Don't be going up her calling her that because what did I tell you that for? Because somebody's going to do it. She's my schmoops. I love her. And Buckethead. I call her that sometimes too. That's dad. Only dad can call her that. She'll let you know. Listen, she'll let you know. My little girl's very, she'll let you know. And whatever's in my house, she gets. To a degree. She gets to partake in the blessing of her parents. She has a level of honor and respect for her mom and dad that make it easy in our, it's easy in our house. We don't throw pots and pans. We don't slam doors. We're not cussing each other out. We're not giving each other the silent treatment for five years. We're not, we don't do all that stuff. We have relationship and we honor each other. And so because we honor each other, we get to partake in the blessings with each other. My, my wife, she uh, wrote a letter out, her and Olivia did, for every day I was gone uh, on this trip. And on the last day, Olivia wrote in her letter, Dad, don't forget who your favorite is and bring, make sure you bring me home a blessing. <laughs> Amen? There's all kinds of blessings attached to the fear of the Lord. Psalm 31 verse 19 says this, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you've laid up for those who fear you. The goodness of God isn't for everybody. It's laid up for those who honor and fear the Lord. Psalm 34, verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps around those, not everybody, but around those who fear the Lord. If you treat God casually, there's a reason why you're not having breakthrough. He's not your homeboy. He's not your friend. My little buddy, my buddy, what up, Jay? What's up, Jesus? He's not your buddy. He's the king of the universe. He's Yahweh. He's God. Psalm 34, verse 9. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him will lack nothing. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor its seed begging for bread. When you fear the Lord, discipline comes. When you fear the Lord, budgeting comes. Come on in here. If you're hungry today, it's probably because somewhere along the line you mismanaged what the good Lord gave you and you stopped fearing him with your resources. Amen, church. Psalm 128, verse 1 through 2. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to God. If you walk in obedience to God, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Well, I don't believe in all that prosperity stuff. Okay, you broke down, busted, not having, you can have that if you want it. But that's not the Bible. I don't understand where we're getting this stuff from. It's not Bible. Prosperity is the children's bread. Up here, my Louis Vuitton tie that Pastor Parsley bought me. Thank you, Jesus. I know that's right. Prosperity follows me. Why are y'all looking at me funny? Huh? I'm blessed. Listen, I am blessed, highly favored of the Lord. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed, highly favored of the Lord. I walk in a room, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I go to a conference, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. People tell me, I don't know why I want to give you. I just want to give. I just want to give. I want to give. I want to bless. I want to bless. The level of blessing indicates the level of honor. The level of blessing indicates the level of honor. The level of blessing indicates the level of honor. I used, to be, I used to be so ashamed of what God blessed me with. I wouldn't wear it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive it. I wouldn't talk about what he gave me. Not anymore. He told me, he said, why are you so embarrassed of what I'm doing in your life? Do you fear me or their opinion of you? I said, my God, no way. He said, you want the blessing to stop or would you like it to continue? 
I said, Lord, I'm going to tell everybody I know you've been good to me. Amen. 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 Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord lengthens your life. Proverbs 22, 4, the fear of the Lord brings wealth and honor to your life. Proverbs 14, 26, the fear of the Lord places a secure fortress around your children. You, you, you can't criticize the church and expect your kids to like it. I will. You can't criticize the church and expect your children to like it. If you had an honor for God, you wouldn't criticize his bride. Stop punching his bride in the face. Come on in here. The fear of the Lord puts a secure fortress. Me and my, my children, my, my, ch my child and her children 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 and her children. And her children, and her children, and her children. <laughs> Blessed. Yes. Favored. Well, Bishop, I've been serving the Lord, and my, my child is wayward. They're going to come back. How can the word return void or empty? It has to accomplish if you fear the Lord. If you're fearing the Lord and your kids are wayward, just keep trusting the Lord. This word will not return back void. Psalm, Proverbs 14, 26, the fear of the Lord places a secure fortress around your children. It's the favor of God. The treasure of the Lord. Keys in your hand. Accessing the abundance of God. When you have deep reverence, I don't go to church because I reverence you. I don't serve God because I have deep respect. And I do reverence you and have respect for you. I want to be a classy pastor to you. I want you to be proud of who I am in the pulpit. I don't want you to be embarrassed of me. But I have a deeper honor and respect for the king of the universe. To where I will preach on matters that may make us uncomfortable, but I want to obey him over you. I have a fear of God over a fear of man. I honor him. I love you and I honor you, but I honor God above you. My relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship on this planet. I want to encourage you today because some of you are on the fence. You've been on the fence for five years, six years, seven years. Get off the fence. Get on the right side. Come on. I don't mean that politically. <laughs> you know, right? Sorry. Um, get on Jesus' side. Come on in here. Get on the side of the Lord. Stop being on the left or right side of politics and get on Jesus' side. I'm not, I'm not for any politician that's an abortionist. I'm not for it. I'm on the Lord's side. I'm not on any politician's side that's pro-gay marriage. Why? I'm on the Lord's side. I know it went over well. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not really. I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean. Leaning on the Lord's side. I lean, I lean, I lean, I lean. Leaning on the Lord's side. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. If you respect him. If you honor him. That connection, biggest door of connection, gives you access to the treasure, the vault the bank that's in heaven. See, that can't even open if you're not obedient. He said, if you tithe, I will open the treasures of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't contain. It's not about do I have to tithe. If you honor the Lord and fear God, you want to be obedient to him. And you do it anyway. Amen. Send your feet with me. Let's pray. I hope today you learned something or two or three. Amen. We're going to be talking about doors of connections, how to access different doors of favor in your life, relationships. I might get my beautiful wife up here to do a little something, something with me. 
And, uh, you know, she's a pretty powerful girl, you know. I definitely married way up above my head. I know it. I see it. I told her, I said, why don't you just preach at LifeGate and I'll go travel the world and preach crusades all over the globe. And she said, no. God didn't call me to do that. I'm just saying she does such a great job. And if you have, if you have, a, if you have a problem with women preachers, number one, you don't really know theology. You take the Bible out of context. And number two, if God can use a woman to birth the Messiah, he can use a woman to give you a word. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to receive from heaven in your special house amongst your precious people. God, I thank you for the members of LifeGate Church and those who are about to become members. God, I thank you for the word that you activated in here Wednesday night with Apostle Johnson that our assignment is changing. I feel that in my spirit too, Lord. I bear confirmation with that. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you begin to send supply from the north, south, east, and west of volunteers that can help us turn the page as we begin to add services. Lord, I pray for those that come to church that aren't planted, that don't, aren't really faithful. God, I pray that the fear of God would begin to convict them to be faithful to the house of God. Do something new in our church, in our midst. Because I see the future. I see the nations coming. Lord, I see the hurting people coming. I see us building homes for single mothers and empowering them with education. Lord, I just put that in the atmosphere. I know you put it in my heart as a young boy and I let it go. And Lord, I just put that back into the atmosphere of a single mother's home. I just put it in the atmosphere again, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you stir us. Give us a hunger for the word. Give us a hunger to pray. Give us a hunger to be changed by you. Help us to not be petty. Help us to be kind to Democrats and Republicans. Help us not to get election infection this year. Help us to love. Let love be our testimony, not arguments. Help us to be kind and not mean-spirited. In the name of Jesus, I pray.